Hey, it's Adam. Welcome to our weekly teaching podcast here at South Hills Church in Corona, California. Our hope is that as you listen in, you'll find yourself laughing and learning and being challenged and encouraged to grab hold of who God has made you to be. Enjoy the message. As Pastor Moses said, today is a unique day in which all of our campus pastors are being shuffled around. I'm actually away at our Burbank campus, and today I get the privilege of introducing you to your guest speaker. And although this guy is new to being a campus pastor, he has been a part of South Hills for a really long time. He started off as a worship pastor, became our experienced pastor, and just a couple years ago was asked by Moses to go plant a campus in Manhattan Beach. And he said no, and then eventually said yes, and the thing has taken off. I don't want to spoil all of his wins, but I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear from the Manhattan Beach campus pastor today. He has the biggest heart of anybody you could ever meet. And so I want you to do me a favor here, Corona. Would you stand up? Yeah, everybody in the back, stand up and give a massive round of applause to our guest speaker today, the Reverend himself, Brian Boss. Wow. (laughs) Stop it. Sit down. (laughs) Wow, wow. Well, I guess I don't need to introduce myself. Uh, Some of you are like, who's that guy? I have no idea who he is. But what an honor to be here. What a, what a humbling experience to be able to be. I, I don't know. I think I've been on this stage probably. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about it this morning. I couldn't count them all, but I'm guessing it's close to 300 times. Um, been on this stage, been here in this building. Uh, I'll share more, but can, can, I just, can I just say how very, very fortunate you guys are to have Pastor Adam. I would say you're lucky, you're blessed, however you want to look at it. You guys are extremely fortunate to have Pastor Adam. And uh, I I will say this, I've known Pastor Adam for probably about 15 years now. I think we met somewhere in the 2007, 8-ish range, somewhere in that area. And uh, the one thing I know about him that's most prevalent, that that stands out more than anything, is, is that he cares for my family. He cares for me. He cares for the depths of what's going on in my life. And he's never strayed away from that. And maybe some of you are like, well, I, I, I don't know, I've never, I've never really experienced that side of him. Well, then I challenge you, this is Pastor's Appreciation Month. So next week when you see him again, just go up to him, say hi, introduce yourself. I guarantee you he's going to ask about you. He's going to ask about you and what's going on in your life. He said, I have the biggest heart. Uh, I, I'm going to have to defer to him. I think that Pastor Adam has a huge heart, and I think you guys know that. Um, if I think about this, and I want to just take a moment to kind of just give you a little bit of my testimony of just kind of my journey really quick with South Hills. Um, pastor Chris Songson, who was the founding pastor, uh, he was my youth pastor about 30 years ago. So he worked with my dad on staff at a church in town. And I remember when Chris started South Hills in 1998, uh, it was in a backyard and uh, I was there. I was there in 1998. I did not start the church with him. Uh, I was at a different church, but um, was there to support and, and be there as far as like just praying for you, love everybody here. Obviously, I think most of the people that started the church at that time were a part of 
my family that I knew. I knew them from different places back when we were in church together and when he was my youth pastor. So all that to say, like this, this South Hills, I have a rich history with South Hills and I have a, a long-standing relationship with it. I started on staff here back in 2007. And uh, I, I think uh, not, not too long after that, I had my first, or, or sorry, my wife and I had our first boy. And uh, I, Pastor Billy was on staff at that time. And he said, oh, send me a picture. And uh, this is what he put on, on the screens when I had my son. And I was like, look, I'm not against skull and crossbones, but I was like, somebody had given that to us. It was the only thing that we had to put on his head. And he put that on the screens and I was like, dude, they're going to think like I'm this crazy person. Like, why would you put that on the screens at church? But this was in 2009. And uh, so you, our history is way back. And in 2011, um, I had some opportunity to do some music stuff. And so went out and started doing a lot of different music, led worship at a lot of different churches as kind of a guest, was kind of doing a lot of different stuff. And we moved to Nashville and uh, stayed there for about four years. And back in 2018, we came back to California. Some of you are like, why'd you come back? Well, it was home. Our families were here. Friends were here. It was just, it was home. I, I don't have any better explanation, but we just felt like God said it was time to come back home. And so we came back in 2018 and, uh, Pastor Moses, who was also been a friend of mine for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. Uh, Pastor Moses calls me and he says, Hey man, let's get together for lunch. And I said, no. And he was like, come on, man, let's get together. So we got together for lunch and he said, you, you, you don't want to come back to work at the church. And I said, well, I, I said, man, I, I just, my heart is, yes, I would love to pour into leaders. I would love to pour into the church. I'd love to see the culture and the atmosphere of the church change as a whole. And I'm not talking about South Hills. I'm just talking about in general. And uh, he said, well, that's what I need. He said, come on, man, help me. Help me on the central side. Help me with all the campuses. And so before I knew it, I was running to all the campuses, a lot of times leading worship, a lot of times just hanging out, a lot of times just, just encouraging people. And uh, from the street to the seat, maybe you've heard that before. But um, all that to say, uh, in 2020, middle of the pandemic, it was July and we were in a central meeting. And uh, I'll be honest with you. It was a tough time. It was a tough time for the church. It was a tough time in general. And I remember Pastor Moses saying, all I care about is I don't want to have to lay anybody off. I don't want to go through any struggles to where we have to, anybody's families affected by it. And so I walked into this meeting on a Tuesday morning and I kind of had this thought of that. You know what? If this is coming, if anything's going to be, you know, if we're going to run into any layoffs or anything, I'll just, I'll be the first one to go. I can go. And so I walked into that meeting thinking, you know what? I'm going to tell Pastor Moses, that uh, it's okay, man. If, you, if, you, if, we got, if we got any financial issues right now and stuff, I, I'm okay, man. I, I can go. You don't need me right now. And the first thing he said in that meeting is, is uh, well, guys, we got two more campuses. <laughs> and he said, Manhattan Beach is one of them, and uh, I think the campus pastor is in this room. And I looked around the room, and I knew everybody in that room, and I, and I, looked, and I looked at him, and I said, you lost your mind. <laughs> I said those words exactly. He could tell you that. And uh, he laughed. And then after we got together and he said, hey, man, he said, seriously, he said, if you, if you don't want anything to do with it, you say no to me. He said, I won't bother you about it again. And uh, I looked at him. I said, you know me. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. So if it's what God wants me to do, I'm in. Let me talk to my wife and let me pray about it. <laughs> 
So anyhow, that was July, August of 2020 and uh, Easter of 2021, we launched and we launched with about 150 people. And uh, I say we started with eight. There was eight when I got there. And I won't give you the details of all of that, but there was eight people when I got there. And we started with 150 on Easter of 2021. And this last Easter, there was 384 people there. So... That's Easter, of course. Easter is when everybody shows up, so we're not near that, but uh, anyhow. Uh, you know, back to my, I said Pastor Adam cared about my family and always does. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, so really quickly, I have a 26-year-old, a 24-year-old, a 4-year-old granddaughter, a 13-year-old, that little guy who you see up there, um, and Eight, uh, sorry, a 10-year-old, a two-year-old, and my wife is 26 weeks pregnant. Yes, I'm crazy. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, my 26-year-old just got married. My 24-year-old got married in June, but my 26-year-old just got married a few weeks ago. And um, it, was, it was truly a beautiful wedding. And, I, and I, I say this, you know, we always wonder as parents, I don't know how many parents we have in the room, but we wonder as parents if we do a good job. And I'll tell you, I was a terrible teenager. When Pastor Chris was my youth pastor, oh man, I was one of the worst in the youth group. My dad was one of the pastors on staff, and I was that kid. I was a pastor's kid that was like, oh my gosh, man, you name it, I did it. I gave my parents a really hard time. And so as parents, we wonder, are we doing a good job? Are we raising our kids well? Like what happens when they go astray? What happens when, they, when things get tough? And, and we think, man, I, did I fail? What did I do? And I remember somebody told my dad one time, you know, hey, Good parents raise bad kids sometimes. And I know that's kind of a funny statement, but it's true. Sometimes as kids, we do things and we make mistakes and we, we run off. We become prodigals, that type of thing. But my daughter's wedding was just amazing. And I, I'll say this. This is, some of you might know this. It was a dry wedding. Some of you are like, oh, that's really boring, a dry wedding. But honestly, it was a dry wedding. There was 250 people there. No alcohol, no partying. And I thought, most weddings I go to is a regular wedding. I mean, it's like, you know, just people are having fun and having partying and all that stuff. And I thought, I'm looking and I'm thinking, man, this is my daughter. There's 250 people here having a great time. The dance floor was packed. And I thought, must have done something right. Must have done something good to see them have this amazing wedding and everything was so centered around God. Everything was centered around what God's plan was for them. And how God was going to use them in their marriage. She serves at a local church. And his dad is a pastor. I'm a pastor. I think uh, <laughs> they're family. So we'd love to have them. Both of us would love to have them. I'm sure his dad would love to have them at his church. I'd love to have them at our church. I'd love to have them a part of the ministry that we do. I'd love to have them pouring into the community that we have. Now I could totally fight for it. I mean, well, I could pray for it. But, uh, you know, I'm just proud that they're a part of the church. It doesn't matter what church it is. They're a part of the church. We are all a part of the church in general. We're a part of the kingdom of God. We're all sons, daughters, children of God. We're all created in his image. We're supposed to be working together. So I'm so proud of my daughter and where she's at. I'm proud of all my kids. I just get to, have, I just get to brag on Maddie for a little bit. 
But that's my family there, all of them, and my two son-in-laws now, and my little granddaughter, who I guess she doesn't like pictures too well, but you know. (laughs) But when we have our sights set on Jesus and the plans and purposes he has for us, the best of us is what others see and experience. And I personally ask myself these things constantly. What do others see in me? What do others see in my family? What do others see in our families? What do others see in the family of God when I think of the world around us? I want to encourage you today to grasp the whole potential of a Christ-centered life and what that means for you, your family, our family, and the ones who God says we're called to bring into the family. So would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I thank you for the opportunity for all of us to be here today. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, God. I I pray that you bless each and every family represented, each and every home represented, every job, every finance, every lack of job, every lack of finance. I pray that, yes, you challenge us. Yes, you change us in areas that we need change and Convict us when we need conviction. But most of all, God, I pray that we are encouraged today. Lord, again, bless everyone here, but we pray you're blessed by all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to ask us a question today, or maybe a a series of questions, but when you think of society today, when you think of our world, our current culture, when you think of humanity what word comes to mind? And be careful, you're in church, okay? I'm serious though. When you think of us as humanity, us as people in general and where we're at today, I mean, we're all trying to survive, right? Everybody's just trying to survive. Sure, we have different ways about it, but really, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. And some of us who are strong Christians in the room, you're saying, hey brother, I'm thriving, I'm doing well, right? But, but the stronger you are, As a Christian, the stronger you are in God, the more you know that the strength that you have comes from Him. And so really, you're surviving because of Him. So all in all, our dependence is on Him. It's all in how you look at it. Your perspective. Now back to the word that comes to mind again. No four-letter words, okay, all right? Unless they're hope, love, Mark, Luke, John, Pete, Paul, Mary. I know, didn't that used to be Peter, Paul, and Mary? Something about that. Uh, But let me see if I can guess some of the things that might be going on in our heads. Maybe when you think of the world around us today and you say, gosh, man, I guess the first thing to come to mind would be shock. Maybe disappointed. Amazed. Maybe it's simply just awe, wow, surprised. What should it be? What can it be? Is it possible to be what you would hope it to be? Will it ever come to be? Maybe it's just, it is what it is. And what if it never changes to the way we think it should be? What if this world never changes to the way we think it should be? What can I do about it? What can I do about these things? What's my duty? What's my calling? What's my commandment. And we know that to love God and love people, love one another just as he loves us, we, we know that that's the primary purpose, right? The primary purpose of the Christ follower is love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said these two things. These two things, all of everything you've ever heard, everything you've ever known, hang on these two things. But I want to read you something from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. It's a little chunk of scripture, but I promise I'll read it with a little bit of enthusiasm. Okay, here. It goes like this. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men. Paul here, who, who's the writer of this, he's saying that if anything we've learned together is true, if any of the times I've spent with you, you've found truth in, if anything that I've written to you is true, if we understand what Jesus has asked of us, we know that all of us living, working, playing together in unity brings joy to God. His kids getting along. Not just getting along, but sharing. And not just sharing, but what do we tell our kids? Sharing is caring, right? Wow. That's it. So that's what makes God happy. As Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul is like the epitome of it. He was the worst guy. And now he's the one who's like, he's written half of our Bible. Basically, half of the New Testament. We depend on Paul for so much of what we know as Christians. And he says, make my joy complete by living together in unity, being of one purpose in one mind. Why? Is that the actual purpose of this life? Is that the actual purpose of what we're supposed to be and do? Is just to be in unity and that'll make God happy? Well, I mean, if you dig into it and you say, if we're all in one mind, one spirit, one purpose, and working together, I guess that would mean that we are loving God with all of what we have. And we are loving our neighbors as ourselves. So, so maybe it is kind of the purpose of our life. What about us getting along, though, brings God so much joy? Read what he says there. He says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of a man. See, Jesus, God, gave up his heavenly form, his heavenly home. He gave up his there for here. He gave up all that so that he could come and be with us because he wanted to spend time with us because he wanted to be in unity with us because he wanted to show us the epitome of the word. See, Jesus embodied 
the Word of God. When you read the Bible, when you read something, you're like, man, I'm not sure what I understand in here. I'm really trying. Like, I'm trying to dig into my Bible, but I feel like every time I do, I get a little lost. That's why Jesus came, though, because he was the Word in flesh. He embodied everything that we're trying to grasp. He showed it, but he left heaven to be here with us. He left the comfort of his own home so that he could be here with you and I. That same unity between us that brings him joy is the unity he created us to have with him. Earlier we asked the question, what do you think of society, the world around us? And I'd like to share my heart with you this morning. See as much as, uh, <laughs> see as, much as we'd like to think that the church is under attack or that Christianity or Christians are under attack. Can I share something with you that I feel very strongly about? It's not the church that's under attack. It's not Christianity that's under attack. Yeah, as a Christian, you'll always have an enemy, but it's not flesh and blood. It's not people. You know what I believe is under attack? You know what I believe is under scrutiny? God's goodness. See, the world doesn't believe that God's good. If they did, if they believed that God was good, if they believed in his goodness, they'd be running to these doors. They'd be running in here to find out more about him. They'd be running in here to get a hold of him if they knew how good our God is. Maya Angelou said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. She also said, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Romans 2, 4 says this. Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? See, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Not our intelligent words. Not our biblical knowledge. Not our saying things enough times to get them to stick. It's his kindness. Some of you are thinking, man, repentance, that's a pretty tough word. Like, you know, that's a, that's a hard one, right? You better go repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is repentance? I believe that repentance is the realization of who we are versus what we do. See, you are not your mistakes. You are not your addictions. I am not my sins. I'm a son. You're a daughter. You're a son, a child of God. You are created by him, made in his image, and repentance gives us access to his fullness. Repentance realizes that the goodness of God in us is what we should operate out of, not our selfish nature. God's goodness is the foundation of his plans for us and our calling to the world around us. His goodness, his kindness. Jeremiah 29, and I'm going to read verses 7 and 11. We'll have a little 7-11 moment here. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. That's what the prophet Jeremiah says earlier 
in the, in the same chapter that many of us, if anybody has a, a Bible verse that's your verse, I guarantee you there's a good handful of us in the room that Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Many of us in this room probably depend on that little scripture right there, right? Many of us in this room say that that's my scripture. God knows the plans because despite what I see around me, despite the things that I experience, I still know that he has goodness for me. I still know that he is good. See, the prophet Jeremiah shares that God's plan for us is good, but he prefaces that with the challenge to show God's goodness to the city we're in, to the community we're in. See, the overall purpose of your family my family is to bond together to better your community. Pastor Moses shared earlier some things about pastors, and I think sometimes we believe the pastor is the one who's supposed to teach all that God wants us to do. But you have to take care of your family just like I have to take care of my family. During this whole pandemic season that we're kind of past, still kind of experience a lot of it, I know that we all have opinions. We all have things that go through our mind that we'd like to tell somebody else that work, would work for them, right? This is what you should do. This is what you should do. But you know what? It was hard enough taking care of my family to tell somebody else to take care of their own the same way I do it. I'm figuring it out just like you guys. We're all figuring it out together we have to make our decisions. As much as the pastor might tell you, these are the things that you should do, you're going to go home and make a decision on what you're going to do, right? You still have that decision. See, I'm not here to give you advice. I'm not here to instruct you or to tell you what to do. I'm here to encourage you to do what God has called us to do. What you do with it is up to you. Each and every one of us are called to lead others into a growing relationship with Christ. Do you know that that's South Hill's mission? Some of you may not even know that South Hill's mission is to lead the unchurched into a growing relationship with Christ. You know how that happens? The people who go to church get together in unity and they say, hey, let's reach our community. That's how you do it. It's not great sermons and great songs. Sure, those things matter. But it's us bonding together and saying, how, how do we work for the betterment of our community? How do we work for the good of our community? How do we show God's goodness to those around us? Do you think that if your neighbors experienced God's true goodness, they'd want to know him more? Do you think that if they see God's kindness in you, they're going to want to be around you a little bit more? They're going to say, I don't know what it is about you, but I'd like to spend more time around you. Because there's sure, <laughs> there's sure enough junk out there. There's plenty of selfishness out there. The world could truly use a little bit of goodness and kindness. And the Bible says that it's his kindness it's kindness that leads us to repentance. I have a question for each and every one of us. And this is a question that's going on at all of our campuses today. 
It's just how am I teaching my family to take hands-on responsibility for our community? See, the best teachers live out what they teach. The best preachers represent what they preach. And the best leaders walk the walk. I don't know if any of you guys got a family mission kit last week. Maybe some of you took home one of those kits where you could make a little family plan. Make a plan for your family. And I know that there's some in this room that are like, hey man, it's just me. I don't have a family. Well, this is your family. We're the family of God. If you're here alone and you say, I don't have any family, I'm by myself, then you better grab somebody around you and say, hey, I need a family. And if you see somebody that's alone and they don't have family, then I encourage each and every one of you, let them join yours. Partner with them. Make a family mission statement together. What's your plan today? What's your purpose today? I have three things I'd love to leave us with today. What do others see in me? And just like Maya Angelou said, how do others feel around me? And is any of it leading them to Christ? We got a job to do, guys. We can have a lot of fun doing it too. We can have joy in it. We can have peace in it. We can show love and show hope to the world around us. We have a community that's hurting. If you thought these last couple of years were hard for you, imagine what it would have been like if you didn't know God at all. If you had no hope. I'm going to tell you this right now. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit guiding me, if I didn't have Jesus in my life over these last two years, I would have said, you stay away from my family because I'm going to protect my family. I would have done everything I could to make sure my family was okay, survived, and made it through this tough time. But because I had the hope of Christ, because I had the leading of the Holy Spirit, I was able to depend on Him and to know that there is a hope beyond here and now. And that He calls us to bring heaven to earth. He says, your will be done here as in heaven. I'm not waiting for then. I'm not waiting for that glorious day when hopefully I get to spend eternity with God. I'm saying, Lord, bring it now. Bring it here and now. What do others see in me? How do others feel around me? And is any of it leading them to Christ? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, again, I thank you for each and every person sitting here. And those watching online, maybe those outside listening. I do. I pray, God, for each and every family represented. Each and every home represented. Every relationship, every job. I pray that you bless them, Lord. I pray that we're overflowing with so much blessing that the world around us can't help but ask what is it that you have that I don't? And Lord, that we would show, we would represent you to the community around us. We would know that our mission is bigger than us. And it's going to take all of us bonding together and making it happen. 
Maybe there's somebody in this room that you say, man, I, I, really, I really like what you're saying. I'd love to be a part of it, but I've never really considered myself a Christian. I've never really considered myself a follower of Christ. I've never allowed Jesus to be Lord of my life. If that's you this morning, and you're sitting in here with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're sitting in here and you're saying, man, I want to be a part of this family. That doesn't mean that you're joining South Hills. It doesn't mean that you're joining this church here on Main Street. That means that you're becoming a part of the family of God. And you want to allow Jesus to lead your life. If you're in this room right now, or if you're watching online, same thing if you're outside. But for those here in this room, if you say, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to follow him and I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you look up and make eye contact with me? <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Thank you. I want to be praying with you and for you and believing for God to do a mighty work in your life. And for those of you who are in this room right now, who say, man, I've been fighting the good fight. I've been trying and I'm struggling. And my family needs a mission. We need God's peace. We need God's hope. Lord, we pray right now that this next season for us, God, as we're coming out of family month, we got one more week, God, as we're coming out of this time that you've been encouraging us to be a part of your family and to strengthen our own families, Lord. I pray, God, that we would find a newfound strength a newfound peace that passes all understanding. A joy that no matter what I'm going through, I find joy in it because I know that you're creating character and perseverance in me, God. For those of you who've been fighting the good fight, I'm believing with you for God to do a mighty work as well. Lord, bless this place, but most of all, God, I pray you're blessed by all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. We hope you heard something that spoke directly to where you're at right now in life. To find out more about our church, hit up our website, southhills.org corona, or follow us on social media at South Hills Corona. And if our messages have made a difference in your life, Help us get the word out by rating and reviewing this podcast. And as always, you can support the ongoing work of our church by giving through our website at southhills.org slash give and selecting the Corona Campus. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next week. God bless.